a treat here. We've got uh, one of our table 16 now. It used to be table 25, table 16. Um, guys from that table, uh, Randy Don Giovanni, is, is one of the regular guys here at uh, Reload. But uh, God's got a word that he has stirred in him this morning for us. So would you welcome Randy Don. What a big pulpit. My gosh. It's every little man's nightmare right here. I, um, I just, first of all, want to thank so many of you for uh, your continued prayer for the ministry. It's kind of crazy. I just got done with a tour of like five, six cities uh, starting over in Detroit with Dearborn uh, with a backpack giveaway. And um, we had some of our friends come over and pray with people, part of the day with people, and uh, just got the report last night from the pastor of the Dearborn area, which is uh, Garden City, and he said that through the outreach that there were people saved after the event, and I was like, well, what do you mean? It was, well, the, the mother went home and told the husband, the husband's like, what kind of church is that? And she began to tell them, and uh, um, and the family started coming on a Sunday. They have gained six or seven families now just from that outreach. And I, that's what should happen. Then I went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, I went to Pittsburgh, and we have uh, Mike Cooley and his wife decided that they had these backpacks. And we know you're going to Pittsburgh. Can you use these backpacks? And I said, oh, yeah. So we did two, two inner city uh, parts of Pittsburgh, a west side and east side. Um, and that's my home, but it's radical because it's like everybody thinks right around the, the stadiums, it's all peace and everything. And it's one of the, the toughest places to minister of Pittsburgh. And we did two outreaches. And in our outreaches, we split the backpacks in half and we gave so many to one side, so many to another side. The one in Dearborn had some extra materials left over. We invested about another five or $600 and we stuffed all the bags. And we ended up giving away 317 backpacks, 100 and something here, 150 something, 150 something there. And um, I want to share a story today about a, young, a man that came. Um, I was watching this. How many of you have ever been in a crowd and you, you, something like 3Ds? Like you, you see somebody that is like ricochet rabbit on something. You know what I'm saying? Like it might be a kid. It might be a person. And you're just thinking, man, there's something troubling here. How many have ever, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe they come into your business and they're all over the place and they're scattered up and down the aisles. And you're thinking, man, what's going to go on here? Somebody called a popo. And... Uh, as a minister, we, we had the bands going, we had food, we had clothing, we had uh, a place for prayer, we had all kinds of games going on, inflatables, it was crazy. I go to preach, and when I'm going to preach, I see this young man, and I didn't know that the young man was autistic, but because um, we have that in our family, we have an autistic, a couple autistic uh, young ladies in our family, so we know what it is, but it's when you have it, ADD, uh, ADHD, uh, and, and other stuff involved, everybody wants to shoot it up real quick with all kinds of drugs. And I'm watching this young man with his grandfather. He's pulling a grandfather all over the place. And he's eating hot dogs. And there's mustard on his face. And, and there's stuff happening. And, and I'm watching. As I began to preach, I watched just like the Holy Spirit just went. And I watched this kid just stare at me. And I was like, oh, gosh. Because I watched him bounce all over the place. There's about 250, 300 people there. And they're all doing their thing. And I just locked into this one kid. And as I get to the altar call, this kid pulls his grandfather up front and said, this is what I want, Grandpa. This is what I need. 
I don't need any more drugs. I need Jesus. And I led this autistic young man and his grandfather to Jesus in Pittsburgh. I'm just telling little nuggets that you've done and you've, you've invested in. And this ministry, a lot of you have invested over the years in our ministry. It's not in vain. I just started my 10th year of evangelism September 1st. And I'm thinking, how did that happen? And God said, because I've called you. And I've now 36 years in youth ministry or working with young people. I'm thinking, I can't be that old, Lord. But I am. When you face the reality of that you are, then everything changes. Capiche? And so I, I'm just thankful to God for what he's doing in the era that we're in. And I was in Baltimore, Maryland. I'll share this one real quick, too. I was in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm, I don't know if anybody ever seen somebody with, like, maybe a brain tumor or had brain surgery or they had to remove a part of their skull. And I'm, I'm speaking in Baltimore. This is six miles from where the Rodney Brown thing happened, the Black Lives Matter movement started. How many people know what I'm talking about? The cop comes in a car and get away from my car, and the cop ends up shooting him, and all this stuff happens. How many know what I'm talking about? Just a couple years ago. I'm six miles from there. I'm inner city Baltimore. There are gangs across the street. On this corner's a gang. Over there's a gang. And there's like little mules. They call them mules. They're four- and five-year-old kids, and they're doing dope exchange and grabbing money. You can see it while you're speaking. There's hundreds of people. Great church called uh, Redemption Church. And I'm thinking, oh man, what a great name. And Redemption Church, they're putting on, they're hosting, the bands are playing. I get up to preach and I see this gentleman walking with a cane with half a skull. Like this is missing. This whole side. What had happened was he was in a uh, gang warfare and he got shot in, in the head and they had to remove part of his brain and his skull. Half of his skull, you guys. Like this side looked normal. This side's like, mm. I was like, whoa. And I couldn't take a picture because I didn't want to be rude. I wasn't like, can I have a picture of you? Because nobody's going to believe me. No, you just don't do that. You kind of try to want to be subtle, like, you know, like that. But, you know, pe people watching. In fact, some of our people were taking pictures, and the gangs came over and said, either you put the camera away or we will take it. I was like, put them away. And so this, this man that, that I thought, he was, I saw him walk around, a little bit of a limp, had a cane, came forward that day to receive Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And I have never heard anybody so sane in all my life. I mean sane. Just half a brain talking about Jesus and the love of Christ and today a cleansed and purified. And, and then I'm watching him walk around later on talking to people like, you got to come forward, you got to come forward. What a miracle. Like, what, what is that? What is that? I'm thinking you have a half a brain, you're only half functioning, okay? That's just my ideas. You know, I'm thinking... If the guy can't talk right, see, if he can't, motor skills and stuff's not happening, he's half a brain, something's crazy here, okay? But then I watched him eat a popsicle. And then he got a brain freeze. And I thought, okay, God, he gets shot, he gets saved, now he's got a miracle. He cannot die with a brain freeze. Because I watched him, and I'm thinking, oh, stink. Like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I... That cracks me up. That's how he's just like, and I'm thinking, no! <laughs> I don't, no, okay, I'm sorry. I just, it's just part of my life, man. I'm just like, 
<laughs> I thought, God, now you're going to take him out with a brain freeze. It ain't funny, man. And so, uh, but then he got, he, and I said that to him at the altar. I was like, I watched you and all your miracle. I've heard your story. And all of a sudden now you're at the altar and you're, quit eating popsicles, bro. And he's like, man, that last one kicked me. I'm like, I can imagine. I, uh, I, I titled this message today real quick and real brief with you called, Do I Test Positive? Do I test positive? You know, everybody's going for blood work today and stuff's happening and, you know, you don't know. You hear about people that are getting tested for diseases and everything else. And do, am I positive or negative? Am I, is everything going to be okay, doc? What's happening today? And, and do I test positive? James, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. James chapter 112. James 112. And I think I threw a couple different ones than I gave you guys. But I just found this one. James 112 says, Blessed is a man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. James 1.12. Let me give you another one. 1 Peter 1.7. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, to honor, and glorify at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm thinking, God, we are tested. We are being tested every single day. How many know you're being tested? How many are married? Mm-hmm. How many have children? Mm-hmm. How many have a job? Mm-hmm. We're being tested every day. And are we, are we testing positive in everything that we're tested in? The Bible says you will be tested Jesus was tested, but how did he come out? And I know what you're saying, like, perfect. Well, the temptations were there so that it could help us through our situation. See, we have a Savior named Jesus, the royal blood of Christ, that goes through our veins when we've accepted him. When I've accepted Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that I won't have a bill to pay. It doesn't mean that there won't be any more temptations, because we're always tempted. We have a devil that hates us. How many have ever had victory? You come out of here and you're like, yeah, man. Like, like a couple weeks ago when, when Mike was up here, I was like, mm, I don't even want to go near him because I'm afraid right now, bam, he's going to hit me with something. But it's, you can never be a warrior. You will never be a warrior for Jesus until you know who you are in Jesus. I'm just going to say it. You will fight. But how do you go to another country like he goes to and you're, bombs blowing up, stuff happening, and you're still preaching Jesus because you know that you've been called to do that. Come on, somebody. And I understand because we're standing here as men. We're sitting here as men. We're, we're hearing every, every other week, we're hearing phenomenal people, and I'm thinking, thanks, Pastor Tom, for letting me come, but I don't have what I, they all have. Like, Benson, I wish I had some of that because I think the intimidation of big can help you when you walk walking down the street. You know, I'm walking down the street, I'm like, hi, hi, hey, hi, hey, And they're like, Kevin Hart? I'm like, no, nah, hey, what? You know, and I'm thinking, because of my stature, I'm not going to intimidate too many people. I'm not my king. I can't walk up here like, yo, hey, let me tell you what's up. You know, boom. You know what I'm saying? I can't do that. So I have to walk in the authority that I have in Christ that I am not afraid. And I'm not intimidated by in fact, when God called me from the youth ministry to the city and to the schools, the word intimidation never even crossed my mind because the power of God has given us the testing of our faith. Hello? 
And so how do we become warriors? We become warriors and we become bold in our faith because of the blood of Jesus Christ. When the blood, the royal blood of the king goes through our veins, we are special to Jesus. We were created for a purpose. And I've said it before, our purpose is kingdom. Okay? Our gifting is what God allows you to do while you're here on earth. Doctor, lawyer, preacher, teacher. Those are giftings. The purpose isn't just to preach. You're going to preach anyways. How many of you know that the lions had a week off? You could breathe. My, my nephew didn't even call me this week because the lions didn't play. Usually he's taunting me. What do you think Pittsburgh's going to do this week? What do you think the lions going to Don't call me about the lions because I know what's about to happen. You're going to cry. So anyways, just keep on moving. So they had a week off. But this week will become a test. And then either you're going to lose your mind or you're going to understand. Would we play the game if we knew the outcome? Would we even play if we knew the outcome? Like if I know I'm going to win and it's already a give. Come on, Skip. It's already a gimme. We're going to win. Then I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to fret. I'm going to be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because I already know what's going to happen. How easy would life be if it was like that? But life's not that easy. It comes at you. So how do you fight the sickness and the cancer and, and being told by your, the teacher that your son or daughter can't pay attention in school because they have this and that, and all you have to do is stand up the testing of your faith that gives you that I test positive because I know that this is my daughter, and in all, Christ in all things, in all things, Christ is going to get the glory of this. I've seen people that have been told when they're younger they're, they'll never amount to anything, and yet they're some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life because you know what? They pursued to become something because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus. When Jesus has done for us what Jesus has done for us, it is not the argument. How many of you ever been in your family and you're trying to tell a friend or a family about Jesus, and it becomes an argument? You know what I want to tell you is quit arguing. Just give the evidence. And let it, let it happen, man. Because all, all, we're, all we're supposed to do is plant seeds. But some people are, they are bent on becoming the harvest. You're not the harvester, man. Plant the seeds. You'll never know. Like 20, okay, I, my first youth ministry in Battle Creek, it's like, oh, man, years ago. And so it was a long time. And so I had a young man in my youth ministry. He's like 15 years old. He just wasn't getting it. My, and the mother's like, he's in and out of juvie. He's just a mess. He's no good. I'm like, will you stop saying that? Like, what'd you do? Would you birth a bum? What's wrong with you? You're the mother. If anybody has compassion, it should be the mom. Dads are like, he's such a loser. You know what's wrong with you? How many, come on, now don't judge, because some of y'all been there. I've been there with my nephews and nieces. Like, I like to just take a drill, you're, but you're not me, so that's on you. And this mother was like, he's such a loser, he'll never make it. In and out of like teen challenges over the years. I said, Mom, you dedicated that child to the Lord. Yes, I did. You, you, you baptized that baby. Yes. When he was about maybe 13, got baptized. Now he's 15, hours out of control. In and out of juvies, breaking and entering, doing all kinds of drugs. I get a call about three years ago from this woman that I haven't seen for like ever. Sister so-and-so from Battle Creek, do you remember? And I was like, Yes. Yes, I do remember. Hey, wait a minute, I remember. How was David? She said, you remember my son's name? I said, yeah. How could you forget that kid? Come on. 
Like some of you want to forget your kid, but how do you forget that kid? Right? And so all of a sudden I'm sitting and she's telling me, she goes, you know, after all these years, after all these years, the testing, the always testing me, my patience and drive and finances, in and out of jail and bum, bum, bum. You know, to know he's 45 years old and he just gave his heart to Jesus. And what a transformation. I said, I told you, if you will dedicate that child to the Lord and let that thing go, God will do God's thing. Here we are, 45 years or 30 years later, this kid finally, this man finally gets saved, transformed, radically saved. Boom. She said, I didn't want to call you right away because I wanted to make sure for at least three months it was real. I said, well, let me say something to you, mom. Don't you remember dedicating the baby? Don't you remember dedicating to Christ? You watched him get baptized. He was saved when he was 13 years old. Did you not know that the Bible says that when they were older, they will not depart? She said, I didn't think it'd be that old. I said, listen, I have met people 97 years old that I've gone to the hospital and led them to the Lord. 97 years old, cranky, old, crabby. I'm trying to ask you the question, do I test positive? And you should leave this room by saying yes. Because of the blood of Jesus, I test positive for the kingdom. I test positive for kingdom. Romans 3.25 says, God presented Christ. 3.25. As a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of the blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Man, God says because of the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 through 12. This is the covenant I established with my people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write in their heart, on their heart. And I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. See, there's, there's the freedom. Where we get stuck is in our past. See, the devil wants to always remind us of our garbage. I'm serious. Take it out. Monday's garbage day. How many people have garbage day? You got to bring that thing to the front of the driveway. Then, now they have recyclable day. Then they have yard waste day. Now, I'm going to say something to you. I'd rather leave the garbage in the house for a while than, than the yard waste. Because something happens with that grass. <laughs> like, it didn't smell like that when you cut it. Those weeds did not smell like But you leave that thing... One week and forget about it, <laughs> your wife's going to be like, man, we running sewage somewhere, something backing up somewhere. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. So if you don't get that thing to the front curve and you don't get that thing up there and let it be taken so that you have another week, it's empty. Wash that thing out because it's going to be funky. I'm just telling you, you take it to the front, you get rid of your garbage. But how many know when you don't get rid of your garbage, that stench is still there? See, this is our past. And when you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, man, I I test positive. You know why I test positive? Because at eight years old when I accepted Christ, I didn't have the sins of my dad that I had to do. I had my own mind to make up to follow Jesus my way and not his way. Come on. But we get stuck because we think that we have to do it a certain way, say it a certain way, and I'm not good enough until I get up here and speak. And when I can do this, oh, I can cry and I can say, "I, I don't deserve. Man, you deserve kingdom. Because you live for kingdom, you walk kingdom, you breathe kingdom. It comes out of your veins, man. 
There's two things I want to give you. Number one is I am a follower of Jesus. When you can say that, you can change your sidewalk. I don't tell people anymore I'm a Christian. You a Christian? I say, I'm not sure I like the way you asked me. Are you one of those people? Holy roller. Nobody ever said holy roller to me, though. I was in a restaurant in Pennsylvania with a pastor friend of mine. A lady comes over. She recognized him. I'm just passing through. And she said, uh, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, ma'am. I said, you know, first, can I ask you a question? We're going to pray for our food. And she goes, that's what I thought. I said, what would you think? You're with him. He's a holy roller. I said, I'm with him, but I'm not a holy roller. Trust me, it ain't not much holy, but I'm a follower of Jesus, if that's what you're asking. Are you one of those born-again people? Mm, yeah, I'm a born-again person, and through Jesus, I'm a follower of Christ. Were you one of those Christians? Oh, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian, because I'm tired of everybody's a Christian today. I met Muslims in the inner city that call themselves Christians. I'm just telling you straight up. People all say they're Christians, but they're drinking it, smoking it, running with it because of grace. Uh-oh. Come on. I'm saved by grace so I can do it. I'm once saved, always saved. How many know that's crazy? People don't think they can backslide today. They're okay. They can do whatever they want that the world does. That's why, that's why we're having a problem with the church and culture. Everybody wants to look like culture. I want to hit every brewery I can talk about Jesus. I'm going to leave my friend to Christ in the, in the brewery. I'm going to lead him to Jesus. Then what are you going to do with him? I, I test positive. If I'm, if I'm going to go to a place and have a drink with somebody and lead somebody to Jesus Christ, guess what? I'm going to rescue him from that place. Jesus did that. He did? Show me anywhere in Scripture where Jesus went into the bar. Sat down and had a beer with somebody. I'm just saying. When you have the royal blood of Jesus, I'm not, I'm not trying to offend nobody because you're like, man, I'm just drinking and smoking. Listen, God bless you. But the Bible talks about holiness. And the Bible talks about separation. So the question is, do I test positive? Am I so, so, so sold out for Jesus you can become this warrior without any kind of worrying, any kind of, your faith is risen up. That you do not look like culture, you affect culture. You don't look like culture, you affect culture. And when I affect culture, I'm going to do what the word of God says. Because if not, there's where the trouble comes in. But if I do what Jesus says, and I can be a positive person with the blood of Jesus running through me. What blood type are we? A positive negative? What do you mean? What drives you? What are, you? what are we afraid of? Like, why are we afraid of all of a sudden serving Jesus in a culture that needs Jesus? I watched the other day a man that got freed, freed from Turkey. He was a missionary for 25, 23 years on the field, two years. In, how many have seen this? You know what he does when he comes in the Oval White House? He kneels on his knees. Now, if you didn't see this, you're crazy. He kneels on his knees and says, President Trump, can I pray for you? And he begins to pray. And once he starts to pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, give favor. Holy Spirit, give anointing. Come on, somebody. 
We're talking about somebody who was in prison for two years, unjustly so. But the royal blood of Christ runs through his veins. First thing he does, he don't say, oh, president, president, yeah, give me five. Thank you so much for freeing me. He says, can I pray for you? That's the royal blood of Christ. That's the I test positive for Jesus. In the midst of his stuff, in the midst, what a testimony to even Turkey and all the people that were in Turkey that he led to the Lord. That's my pastor. That's the man that led me to Jesus. I'm so proud of that man. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus. And so we have to come to a place. Do we really trust the gospel of Jesus Christ? Like, do I trust his word? Or do I lean on my own understanding, what I think is opinion? See, where we're getting messed up with today is our opinion. This is what I think the Word of God says. Can I say something? I know what the Word of God says. Thou shalt not have never changed. Well, we're not under the Old Testament law anymore. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Old Testament law, Levitical. I'm talking about the thou shalt not. Even habitual liars and habitual cheaters and people that continue to try to persuade somebody else. That is not what Jesus did. Jesus tested positive because of the Father God Almighty bringing himself to flesh and being able to go through what you and I do. It says this, Hebrews 9.15, For this very reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of internal inheritance. Thank you, friends. You know what? I have a great house. I love what I have. My house is almost paid off. I know what you're like. Man, you, you should be paid off. You know, Dave Ramsey said, I understand that. But you know what? My inheritance is not here. How many have ever had somebody pass away in your family and you're thinking you're getting an inheritance and then somehow it doesn't happen? Come on, now, don't lie. How many have ever been there? Mm -hmm. My dad, when he passed, my father passed, we had nothing. You know why? My parents gave away everything. I'm telling you, I've told you maybe before, my parents, we'd be having pasta dinner, invite people over. My mom, they would say, oh, Alma, these, this is a beautiful cup. I love this tea. Thank you. But I she said, you can have it. Take it home today. I'll wash it for you. I'll clean it up, pack it up. I'm like, hey, mom, you keep that up. We ain't going to have nothing in the house. Somebody's going to say, that's a nice stove. You're going to be like, out. She'd given everything away. That's what my parents did. So my inheritance wasn't from my father. Even though my inheritance, listen, I led my father to Jesus Christ. So my inheritance didn't even come from my father. My inheritance came from the heavenly father. See, because in my family, I could have tested positive for alcohol, smoking, drinking, craziness. I'm telling you, my dad was crazy. Okay? So I decided a long time ago that my blood, the royalty was going to run through my veins, was the king of kings and the lord of lords. And I can watch, and I can watch and learn from what I see that I never had to test it. Like, there was beer in my house all the time, man. I didn't want to test it. Why? Because I knew that I did not want to become, come on, somebody, you got to be hearing me. I didn't want to become that person that, I, that raised me, that, that bore me. That, that I'm serious. My father, I loved my dad. I really did because I kind of feared him at one time in my life. And then I got about maybe 16 and I could take him out. But he knew that. He knew that he even said to me, I know you can take me out. You want to take me out. I know you're mad at me. You could hurt me and break me. I was a lot bigger then. I was stronger then. I said, no, Dad. And he said, but do me a favor. Learn to respect the position. You might not respect me, but respect the position. See, I respect the position of my master, my king, because it doesn't, nobody's going to put bread on my table except for what God gives me and how God does it. This is going to happen that way. 
You, you that really want things and just are like, I mean, somebody's going to come by and somehow I'm going to win the lottery and it's going to happen. Let me tell you something. I just, I just read this. Some, it says that one out of every like 4.7 million people would win the lottery. That's kind of crazy odds. But yet we bet on it and we want to do it. And then when we get it, it's gone. It'll go. Kingdom will not fade away. Kingdom will not. So I finish with this. Number two, I test positive because of the blood of Jesus flows through my veins. The blood of Jesus. So what blood type are you? Positive for the word, positive for truth, positive for conviction. Because look who's watching us. You're raising grandchildren now, some of you. And maybe you didn't have it the same way with your children, but now you have a second chance with grandchildren. I was with my sister and my brother-in-law just this weekend. My nephew got married. And um, the other nephews that have been married have children. And Francine was saying the greatest reward right now in our lives are grandbabies. Now, we can send them home when they get crazy. But just watching them grow and the influence we have of a second chance where I might have blown it the first time. See, this is what God does. When we've blown it and we've made a mistake, there is always a reboot. There is always reconciliation. There is always a recovery. There is always unplug, plug back in, boom, it comes up and there's Jesus. So I don't know what you're fighting with today. I don't know what's happening. I know when I was watching Mike, I was afraid to just stand up. I was like, oh, gosh. I'm just kidding you. I'm not asking you to stand up. I'm not asking you to come forward. I'm not going to do that. But I am asking you to search your heart. Because you have the royal blood of Jesus that's in you. And when it tells me is I can do all things, I can step into a situation and change the temperature just like that because of Jesus. Not because of me. Not because of me. I'm too little. But I can walk into a city and I can preach the word of God. And of all the people, a little autistic kid about 10 years old pulls a grandfather and they both get saved in the same, in the same moment. And I watched this kid that was ricocheting all over the place just like this. Clarity. I said, you know what you're doing today, son? I know exactly what I'm doing today. Because I feel him all over me today. When that happens, man, you've tested positive. You've tested positive because of the blood of Jesus. I'm not sure if this made sense to anybody, but my last thing is this. Do you remember that we talked about before? Are you contagious? You know, when I mentioned the word skip, not everybody has to say, oh, boy, skip, man. People are like, skip, skip crazy, crazy for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about Pastor Tom, mm, I don't know, man. He, come, he had a crazy background. He was crazy back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, you know what we know him by? What he is now. See, but people always want to say, dude, you're so different. I had somebody say this to me. My, my sister's, this is crazy. My sister's ex-boyfriend, I'll close with this. It's right now 730. My sister's ex-boyfriend years ago was named Joe. He comes to see me at the inner city outreach in Washington, PA. He has cerebral palsy. He has all kinds of stuff that's happened in his life. He comes walking. I did not even recognize him. 
He's been living on the streets for the last 15 years. Horrible. All the, all the stuff. I looked at him. He says, do you recognize me? I said, no, I don't recognize him. Oh, you should, man, because I was almost going to marry into your family. And I had to think, and I was like, Joe? Beat up, tired, did not look the same. Football player in high school and college, huge. Like, good football player. Now he's withered over, scruffy beard, voices like this. I said, oh, Joe. I said, How'd you hear about it? He says, I saw your picture and I thought I'd come. We go back, way back. You've never changed. You just don't talk about Jesus. You are so fired up for Jesus, just like you were in stinking junior high. It's never changed. So can you do me a favor? Can you lay hands on me? Would you just pray for me? I'm in trouble. I've heard about Jesus. I could have married into your family. I, everything could have been great. But I chose to go that way. Because of the sins of my father and the sins of this. And I followed his tracks. I became who he was. And I don't want it anymore. But I need healing, man. I'm in bad shape. And I came because I heard you were here. I saw that you're here. And I thought, God, if he's the same, I know he'll lay hands on me. And things can change. And I began to pray for him. And I hugged him. And I watched his head hit my chest right here. And I felt the tears, these hot tears. And I heard him just crying out, oh God. And I led my friend, old friend, to Jesus Christ. Like a real experience right here, an epiphany with Jesus. And I watched him when I was done. He came in broken. I watched him just go... And he, I looked at him, I said, Joe, and he goes, that's the first time I've been able to straighten my back in almost 15, 20 years. Holy cow. My mom's right here. My mom's experiencing it. My sister was there. My twin sister was there. And she's like, Joe? And he's like, oh, oh, oh I, I'm taking a deep breath. I'm feeling something. Oh, my gosh. And God began to do a work that day just because one person stepped forward. And said, this is what I need. I need the royalty, the blood. I need to test positive for Jesus. I don't know what's happened the last couple of weeks, but I know that day, Jesus was all over that ministry. Jesus was all over that moment. I don't know what you're going through. I know you go to work and it's like, oh, man, turn the lights on. Another day. But anybody that comes in that place of work in your marketplace, let me tell you this. You have the power of Jesus. Say, are you okay today? Are you doing good? Before you buy the car part, before you buy the paint, before you get this, before you get that, before I work on your car, let me ask you a question. Are you okay? Because you're wearing some heavy stuff. What do you mean by that? Let me tell you something, man. I got the blood of Jesus in me. You want some of this? Do you need a transfusion right now because I'm about to give it to you? Come on, somebody. This is why God created us, man, so that we would get people to the kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's God's kingdom. And the more I do for God, man, I can test positive. So my question, do I test positive? Yay or nay? That's up to you and your business. Father, today, I'm thankful for the opportunity. I know, God, we get a little crazy, and I, I thank you for the opportunity Pastor Tom gave me. But I'm just asking the question, God, are we still doing the same thing every single day? 
It's Groundhog Day over and over and over and over and over. It's the redundant. It's the same old, the same old way to do it. And it's the same old attitude to do it. God, in the name of Jesus, would you free us up by the blood of Jesus that it runs through our veins. We can change the impossible. We can rescue the down and out. We can watch over 30 years somebody come to Jesus finally because of what we planted 30 years ago. 30 years ago, 45 years old, what we planted, it became full fruition 30 years later. But God, that's cool with me because it's all about you. So I'm asking you today, God, fill us with the blood of Jesus. Help us to whenever we touch, wherever we go, wherever we step, we can do it because of the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends. God bless you, friends.